I'm going to be actually um, sharing tonight on something that's really dear to my heart, and I believe probably your heart, because uh, you have probably quoted this scripture more times other than maybe John 3.16. It's a scripture that you're all very familiar with. We're going to be turning to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses uh, 5 and 6, and I'm going to teach a sermon uh, tonight on trust. Say that with me, trust. You know, it's one thing to say we trust. It's another thing to really trust. I believe as I have talked uh, to many people this week and the last several weeks with all the disasters that are going on, people are seeing so much fear in the land that they're even in their lives having a hard time trusting their process. There are many people that are dealing with job issues, financial issues, children issues, family issues, marriage issues, not for long, hallelujah, amen pastor, amen, there are a lot of things, how many here would say you're dealing with something, come on, look around the church, come on, and if you didn't raise your hand, you probably will be soon, because life happens, amen, I remember when I first got saved, um, after I was radically converted from a Jehovah's Witness to a born-again believer, I remember three days after the last sermon was over at the revival that I was in in Grove Christian Center in, in uh, Grove, Oklahoma, um, I was really confused. The sermon that was preached the night that I got saved was, all denominations and religions will kill you, and Christ is the only thing that can save you. As a result of that message, even later when I met Charles Trombley that preached it, he said it was the worst message that he preached, but i got to tell you, it was the best message I ever heard. Amen? Because that night I was transformed. Amen? But after three days of the revival and hearing that message, my concern was, what do I do now? Where do I go? All religions will kill you. Christ is the only thing that's going to save you. I, had no, I wasn't going to be able to drive back to Grove Christian Center every time the doors opened because I lived in Joplin, Missouri. So I was in this, in this um, process of trying to understand what is my next step? How do I go to the next level? How do I find the next place that I need to go into? And I remember Charles Trombley's wife Gladys as I, I talked with her after the service and I told her what had happened to me in my testimony and she told me that I was like a glass of water in the world when I went into the, when I was in the world, that glass was everything about me. When I walked and talked and did the things that I did, I controlled it. But when I would find trouble, I would empty part of my glass out and pick it back up and try to fill it up again because that's what we do. We try to work it ourselves. But she said, when Jesus came into your life, you no longer have control. You take that glass of water, you take it over to a 55-gallon drum, you drop that glass into the barrel, and she said, you don't have to worry it anymore. God now is in control. What a life-changing experience that I had, which is what took me to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord, lean not upon your own understanding, Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your path. 
How many believe that scripture? How many know that's the word of God? I believe that when the word of God comes forth, there's a prophetic utterance from the mouth of God to the inspired writers, and then those who take that writing that have been inspired with it put a prophetic push behind the word. Say prophetic push. How many know a prophetic push is two things. Number one is it's confirmed in your spirit, and once it's confirmed, it now allows the Spirit of God to push you where you can't take yourself. So I believe tonight what God wants to do is do a prophetic push into your life on trust. How many here would say you have a hard time sometimes trusting? I do. I mean, Pastor asked me the other day when we were in our, in our group, you know, if we were to say anything about children and what we've learned with them, what would it be? And I told him, I said, sometimes it's hard to trust. Because how many children will say one thing and do something else? Amen? So it makes it real difficult sometimes to really have that trust that you really need. And you know, I really trusted God, and I still trust God, and I still rely upon God, and I still put my cup every day in that barrel, asking Him to guide me and Him to instruct me. But, you know, sometimes things don't go the way I want them. Sometimes things that I'm believing for don't happen. Sometimes things that I involve myself with believing that is God's leading only to find out it was just a training field for me. Sometimes we find that jobs fail, marriages fail, loss comes. We stand and believe that God's going to do and only to find he did, but it wasn't the way we thought. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Or tonight, I should say. I believe everybody in this room has experienced something like that. In one way, fashion, or form. And I believe that when you talk about trust, trust changes when circumstances aren't the way you want them. When circumstances don't go the way that you're believing they should go, it should create inside of you a greater trust in relying upon the one who holds it all together. Sometimes that is difficult because when we're in the now, we're faced with it. But how many know God's seen the end from the beginning? He knows the outcome. He knows how to bring everything into its proper place. If you've ever studied writers of, of movies, they have a tendency of writing movies and playing them from the end to the beginning so that when the movie is played, it ends up the way they say it is. How many know this is going to end up the way God developed it? Amen? That's what's awesome about learning about trust. I believe that when we begin to understand that trust is great when things are working well. Trust is great when it's going your way. It's really easy to trust until that moment comes that doesn't work the way you thought it should have. I believe God sometimes allows that because I think there's some Egypt still in us that needs to get out. I think there's some things that we perceive that's godly only to find out that God had a different plan with it. Come on. You know, see, saints, you've got to understand that my steps are ordered of the Lord, but they're ordered of the Lord. They're not necessarily the way I want it. I mean, if I had it my way, you know, when I got saved and sat under a ministry for 
about seven years and then went into ministry for 18 years, I'd still be pastoring today. But how many know things change? And that's a hard transition after being a pastor because my desire is to teach and to preach and to share and to care because I love people. I love people. I'll say that again. I love people. I love to love on people and care for people. But God changed that. It doesn't mean that I don't love people anymore. It's just I'm from a different platform now learning how to love again. Amen? Learning how to trust again. Learning how to work through my disappointments and my insurities and, you know, my, my trouble that sometimes I have in my heart about what I want to do versus what God is doing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen? So Proverbs begins to help us to understand that when trouble comes, trust really begins to be developed. I believe trust is at a greater level when there's a trial than there is when everything is going well. Because God uses that for your good. Amen? I love what pastor says all the time. If you can't see him, you've got to trust him. Amen? you got to trust him. Um, I was reading uh, in the book of Exodus this last week, and this is really what prompted the sermon tonight, was that the children of Israel had seen... Signs and wonders of all the plagues of Egypt. The children of Israel had saw the silver and gold given to them. The children of Israel knew that the promise was for them to go to the promised land. The children of Israel saw the parting of the Red Sea. The children of Israel saw Pharaoh and all the army when God said, you'll never see them again. The children of Israel crossed over to the other side and had the songs of Moses and, and the songs of Miriam and they sung unto the Lord the great victory battle that they had won. But little did they know that it was going to be different than what they thought. They saw the water that was the bitter water of Marah turned to sweet water. And in the middle of it all, they continued to not trust God. They experienced all of these great and wonderful things that God had given them. God had shown them. God had did for them. God had brought them through. I mean, I can't imagine walking across the Red Sea on dry land. I mean, that must have been some aquarium. To be able to look and see the walls of water and maybe a fish that kind of comes up and then goes back into the water. It's like, wait, that cool. He did that. I mean, how awesome is that? But then the Bible goes on and says they continued to complain. They continued to not trust. They continued to, to go against Moses and Aaron and complain against them. And let me tell you what God said. God said, he turned to him and says, Moses, why do they complain against me? Did you hear that? They we're going against Moses and Aaron, and God spoke up and said, why are you complaining against me? Did you know that when you don't trust God, it is as you are complaining against the one that holds it together? When you complain against your process, do you know that it's not pastor or someone in this church that, that has caused it? You are actually complaining against God. 
Can you imagine being the creator, knowing that he's going to bring you through, take you to the other side, bring you to the promise that he promised you, and in the process of that, we can't trust him. We can't believe him for those greater things. We can't believe him for the things that we go through. Amen? I believe the key to the trial, when you can't trust, is to turn to God. The Bible, first of all, says in Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 5, which is chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust, say that, not in yourself, not in your abilities, not in what you think, not even in what you've been taught, not because you go to church, not because you're a great praiser. He says, trust in the Lord. I had a situation on Friday that um, I got a thing from the IRS that I was going to have to pay a large amount of money, and I'm talking thousands. The very first thought was, oh no. I've got this much set aside, but I don't have this. And it's got to be paid by Monday. By midnight. Otherwise, I pay penalties. And I remember I looked at my wife and I said, Honey, we're going to trust God. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Now, do I know for a fact that He has a way? Absolutely. Do I know for a fact He's going to do it by Monday? No. God is God. He'll do it His way. Little did I know, on Saturday... I got a call that the other portion is going to be paid in full. Come on, somebody. I had a choice. Do I really trust God or do I trust in what I'm experiencing? And if I trust in what I'm experiencing, I'm going to complain. And if I complain, I'm going to stop the miracle working power of God in my life. I chose to not let that be an issue in my life, I chose to put God in the centerpiece. I chose to make Him the one I trust in. Amen? How many know? I don't know where it was going to come from, but God did. You see, remember, God's got this already planned out, and you're right in the midst of it. Amen? Trust in the Lord. What does that mean? It means to let everything be anchored in who He is, not what He can do. We know He can do it. We know that there's nothing impossible for God. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, if we really trust God, do we trust in who He really is? We know that He said He'll take care of all of our need according to His riches and glory. We do know that He says that, that every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights where there's no shadow or variation of turning. Can we trust Him when there's a drought? Can we trust Him when things aren't going right? Can we trust Him when, when we're not seeing it the way He sees it? See, trust causes growth in a trial. Because it always turns towards the one that knows how to cause growth to change it. 
See, trusting when everything is going good doesn't cause you to grow because you're already okay with where you're at. But when the fire comes and the trust is needed, that's when the challenge of growth comes. See, Paul said, I don't want to keep you as spiritual babes, spiritually immature. I want you to eat the meat. I want you to grab a hold of the promise. I want you to realize that God is more than able for you. Amen? Some of you should have already be teachers, but you're still drinking milk. Why? Because you're not grabbing a hold of Him. You're not trusting Him. You're not relying upon Him in your process. You're in fret. You're troubled. You're doubting. You're complaining. You're moaning and groaning. Oh, how am I going to get through this? I want to tell you right now, saints, God is not going to move in your moans and groans. God's not going to move in your doubt and unbelief. God's going to move when you turn to Him as the Father, the Almighty, that is more than able to take care of all your needs. When you turn to Him, when you make Him your centerpiece, when you anchor yourself in Him, that's when everything's subject to change. To be anchored in Him is like to have a boat that is sitting there in the water and all the other boats are just being tossed to and fro, but your anchor is solid. It's been set. And you know who you trust in. See, trust is so important in everything you do in your life. Amen? See, look what it says here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not all the Scriptures you know. Not all the word you've been taught. Not all the sermons that you've heard. Not all the times that you've been to church. Not all the times that you praised. He says, trust with all your heart. You know, there's one thing I know about my wife. Because I spend time with her, I know her heart. So if I ask her to do something, I know her heart. And I know whether or not I can receive it or not. But I cannot know that about you if I don't spend time with you. You can say that you're going to do something for me, but I don't know that because I have not experienced that with you. See, trust comes when you experience God. Trust comes because you have put that situation in the proper place. Are you hearing me tonight? There were other sermons I wanted to preach tonight, but God kept saying Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I'm going to hammer that on you tonight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. Lean not upon your own understanding. Are you hearing me? Your understanding is deceptive. The first thoughts that came into my mind when that came in the mail was this. Oh God, how am I going to do this? Oh God, how, how am I going to get through this? And I was trying to manipulate in my mind, well, if I take this and if I do this and if I sell this, and come on, somebody. I was trusted in me to make it happen, but when I trust in God, He came through. When I decided that I was no longer going to reel it in my head and try to figure out what I'm going to do, God showed up. So I believe that when you really trust God in the trial, God really shows up. Amen? How many need God to show up? You've got to learn to trust. Amen? You've got to learn to rely upon Him. Amen? Because I will tell you this, it stretches you. I was stretched Friday night. I was stretched last week when they told me that my mother was getting worse. 
I was stretched when we had to take her back to the emergency room, back to the hospital, and still right now, we're still being stretched because of what she's going through. But does that change by position with God? Absolutely not. I trust that God is able. I trust that God will see it through. Come on, somebody. I don't know where you're at, but we have got to learn in this hour of all the things that are going on, we have got to learn to trust Him. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 60, to arise and shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. He said, in gross darkness, come on, in gross darkness, you'll be seen. Why? Because you're coming up to a different level. You're positioning yourself with Him. You're making Him number one. You're saying no to everything else that's distracting you, and you're making Him the centerpiece of your life. This is vital. This is a vital word. If you want a prophetic push tonight, you're going to have to learn to trust and, and not, not, not uh, continue to, to, to uh, trust in the Lord and lean not upon with all your heart. You've got to learn to trust with all your heart. With all your heart. Every time the enemy comes, change the view. Every time the enemy tries to sidetrack you, change your positioning. You know, I was telling someone last week that was dealing with some anxiety, and one of the keys to anxiety is to get a new focus. Sometimes breathing techniques work real good when you've got anxiety, but sometimes it's good to just turn and focus on something else. That's the same thing with trust. When things aren't working right, when, when the house isn't going the way it should, you just turn your focus. When, when the marriage hasn't come, you just turn your focus because you know it's coming. Come on, somebody. When the health isn't working right, you turn your focus, what, back to Him. Amen? I believe when you turn your focus and you begin to trust God, what it really does is it takes you beyond your understanding into a place that reveals what you're expecting. I'll say that again. When you trust in the Lord, it turns your attention from the problem into the one that's going to stretch your expectancy and you're going to begin to grow and experience God and the more you turn to Him and the more you get stretched, the more Him you begin to understand and the more of Him you begin to understand, you now begin to grow in greater things with God. Your growth will not come just because you read the Word. I, I love the Word. The Word teaches me many things. But what really happens is when I apply the Word in relationship to Him is when really change comes. Amen. It's time to grow. It's time to move forward. There are people depending on you. You don't have time to be stuck in yourself. You don't have time to be stuck in your problem. You need to realize it's not about you. You died to self, and now it's about kingdom. It's about Him, putting Him first. And He said that if you'll put Him first, He'll take care of all of you. Don't get focused on your problem. Don't get focused on your circumstances. Don't get focused on your lack. Get focused on God and do what God's called you to do. And if God's called you to get on your face, get on your face. If God's called you to go to work, go to work. If God's called you to just stand and believe, stand and believe. But do something for God. Do something for God. And do it with all your heart. It's one thing to trust God. 
But do you really do it with all your heart? Do you really give him everything? There was a sermon years ago I preached here and then on the, on the uh, circle of prayers called um, incense upon the altar, which are the prayers of the saints. You know how powerful the prayers of the saints are? Revelation chapter 8 says that the angels take an altar of incense before the throne of God and says in, in chapter 8, and then there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. I used to always think that was because women don't go to heaven, but I have been taught different. Uh, well, I know some men that wouldn't make it either, but I might be one of them. But really what happened was there was silence in heaven because of what they were doing. Can you imagine, nobody knows the day nor the hour that God is going to bring judgment to the earth. And all of a sudden, here comes this altar of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Those that have taken their attention and put them on Him. Trusted in Him, believe in Him. You know, I used to always think, well, God's just going to bring it in because God said He's going to bring it in and all this is going to stop and it's going to be the sweet by and by. But the reality is, God's hearing our cry. God's here in our heart. God's here in your trust. God's here in what you're putting before Him. And there's a day coming when the angels bring that prayer of incense before God and God says that there's silence in heaven for a half an hour. Then the angel turns and takes the altar of incense and looks down to the earth and throws the altar of incense to the earth beginning the opening of the seven seals. Our standing is so important in this last day for the fulfillment of what God wants to do. We must trust Him. We must believe Him. Amen. Is this helping anybody tonight? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. Now, think about that word, lean not. That word, how many know when it says lean not, that's saying don't do it. So like this pulpit, I can lean on it and it'll hold me up. Is that right? And what he's saying is lean not in that thing that you understand. See, I understand that leaning on this will hold me up. But see, when things aren't going right, I got nothing to lean on but him. So what he says is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon the things that you know. Lean on the things you know, which is Him. <coughs> Lean not upon your own understanding. Lean not upon that thing that you stand under in yourself. Lean upon Him. Saints, if we do anything in these last days, is to get closer to Him with everything that we deal with in life. I'll say this, trust really equals growth. How many want growth? You've got to trust. Without trust, there's no growth. I believe the more that I can trust Him, the more that I can see Him. And the more that I can see Him, the more I will grow. Amen? How many want to grow spiritually? We have to trust. We have to rely. I believe that the purpose, and I wrote this down, for trusting the Lord with all of our heart stretches you to see God in greater ways. 
I want to see God in His glory. I want to see God high and lifted up and His train fill the temple. What is His train? That's every battle that He's ever fought has been won. I want to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the water covers the sea. I want to see the alcoholic freed. I want to see the drug addict delivered. I want to see the homosexual come out of it. Come on. I want to see families restored. I want to see kids serving the Lord. I want to see our children's children, according to the promise of God, come to pass. And as long as you continue to reel in your own understanding, leaning on those things that you trust in, and those words that you've heard, and those scriptures that you're quoting, I can tell you it's good to quote scripture, it's good to believe God, but let me tell you, sometimes, saints, when you don't see it, you've got to trust Him. I had no idea that I'd have to be a drug dealer, a new age teacher, and then to get involved for eight and a half years in a cult to become a Christian. But let me tell you, I'm grateful because I truly trust Him. I truly rely upon Him. <coughs> I found out something in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came and the power of God fell upon them in the upper room of the 120. <coughs> All the way through the book of Acts is miracles, 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 miracles. How many know what I'm talking about? Miracles. But there's two things about miracles that takes power. Power produces miracles, and I do believe in miracles. But I believe something else, too. The other side of the coin, <coughs> excuse me a minute. The other side of the coin is realizing that it takes power to go through the process. Are you hearing me? It's great to have power for miracles, but we've got to realize that we're not running after miracles. We're running after him so that we can go through the process to see what he's about to do. Amen? I know endurance and trusting isn't easy, especially when you don't have the answer. Trust Him with all your heart gives power to whatever it is you're facing. It helps make a way where there is no way. <coughs> it provides not only the power for the process, but it can also provide the miracle in it. If you don't trust, how are you ever going to experience if you don't lean on him, how are you ever going to get it? I know so many Christians that lay hands on people because they're quoting what they've learned, not what they're experiencing with God. They get no results because they're not leaning on God. They're just going around doing what they think they're supposed to be doing based upon themselves. And God wants to move supernaturally all over the world with those that will join with him. See, God is the one that set up co-laboring. God says, look, I want to be a part of you, but I can't be a part of you until you trust me, until you position yourself with me. Amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. Acknowledge in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Two words that I like to use here, ways and acknowledge. 
Years ago, I heard a sermon by John Enlow and another one by Bill Bright called The Seven Mountains of God. The seven, and, and when you really study this out, you really don't find seven mountains, but you find seven attributes, which he calls mountains of God. What's amazing about those seven mountains is one of them is, is he's a redeemer. How many know God is a redeemer? And as a redeemer, he saves us and brings us into the family or into fellowship with one another called the church. Amen? But that is just the starting point to what he wants to accomplish. Because there's six other attributes that God uses. The second attribute is he's a provider. How many know, if see, I like what A.W. Tozer said. A.W. Tozer said this, for the way that you can perceive God will the way you will experience God. I'll say that again. For the way that you perceive God will be the way that you experience God. If all you see him as redeemer, you'll be fine in the church. But there's a whole world out there that needs him. Matter of fact, it's said that 3% of the people of the church actually serve and get paid and work in the church. That means 97% of the people go out of the church to do something great for God to bring them back into the church where we're all supposed to be serving. Are you hearing me? So if he is a provider and you're out there in the workforce, how many know if you can see him as your provider no matter what you're going through, he'll back it up by his anointing, come on, in your trust and faith in him to provide when there seems to be no way. I mean, no, there's an anointing behind the provider. There's an anointing behind the redeemer to save souls. There's an anointing behind the king. How I many know he is government? So if you have a call to actually serve or work in government, how many know he's going to back you up if you trust him? We find that he's also a teacher, a revelator. Thank God for the teachers. Amen. Because how many know if you're going into the teaching field of any type, God being the original teacher will back you up with his power if you trust him. Amen? We see him as a papa. He's, he, he backs up families. So if you're struggling with somebody in your family, I want you to know the anointing is backing you up. And that's heaven is coming to earth. Come on, to all those who love family to bring your children and your children into the kingdom of God. Your part is to trust Him. And your part is to take your position so that He can push through it to make it come to pass. Amen? We see that He's a creator. He's into arts and entertainment. Not in uh, communist news networks. Two amens on that. <laughs> Amen. And we also know that um, God is a communicator. God loves to communicate. And how many does? He does it in song, he does it in media, he does it in concerts. There's lots of ways that God shows himself. And if you have any one of these calls upon your life, whatever it is, I want you to know tonight that God says if you will trust him with all your heart, lean not upon your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, he'll back you up. Whew, come on, somebody. He'll back you up. John, he's backing you up, man. You're just not up there doing a song. You got daddy behind you. Hallelujah. And entertainment and music 
hallelujah, and putting that special anointing upon your life. Pastor just doesn't get up there and preach a word. What does pastor do? He gets up there and God backs him up because he trusts God to help him do what needs to be accomplished in his position. That's why I'm so excited about having a president that prays. God backs him up. Why? Because he's putting his trust where it should be. Not everybody will agree with him, but as pastor said this morning, the moment that you began to serve, get ready to get bit. Because it's a byproduct of the process. Amen? Is this helping anybody tonight? Hallelujah. Acknowledge him in all your ways. What are your ways? What are your ways? What are your ways? It's what you do every day. Another translation said, acknowledge him in all your days. 24-7, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, you need to know that you can trust God. You need to know this. If you can't believe this and know this, how can you ever expect God to show up and change you? I guarantee if I can't trust you, you're probably not going to show up and do anything about it. But if I can trust you, I can almost be assured that you will do so. Amen? Hallelujah. All God wants to do is partner with you. I'll say that again. All God wants to do is partner with you. And the only way God's going to partner with you is if you trust Him. You have to trust Him. The more you trust Him, the more you experience. The more you experience, the more you're going to grow. Because the whole purpose of trusting God isn't to stay as a baby Christian drinking milk. The whole process of God is to trust Him so that you can experience the mysteries of Him so that you can grow in the deeper things of God. Man, I'm telling you, God's growing up His church. God doesn't want to rule your life. He wants to work with your life. God doesn't want to be independent, you to be independent of Him. He wants you to be dependent on Him. Amen? So ask Him to get involved. Ask Him to gift you. Ask Him to back you up. Ask Him to help you as you trust Him for that job, for that relationship, for that child, for that circumstance. Ask Him. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. But when you ask Him, you must trust Him. Why would you ask somebody you don't trust? Trust Him. Trust Him. I'll say that again. Trust Him. And He promises. It's His Word. He'll direct your path. What does it mean to direct your path? It means to make the crooked place straight. It means to make the rough place smooth. I love that. So let's say this together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. Let me say it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not upon the things that you trust in, but lean upon him. Understand he does not want to be independent from you, but in all your ways, he wants to be your centerpiece. He wants you to acknowledge him as your centerpiece, and he wants to direct your path, make it smooth, make it straight, so you can experience him and the end results. Someone give him some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joseph's life wasn't the way he wanted it. He had big dreams. He saw his family bowing down before him. He saw his brothers getting upset because they couldn't understand. Well, neither did he because, you know, he hadn't gone through his process. But he had big dreams. Any big dreams in the house? So what happened? He got thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, accused of false hoods against him, put into prison, and then, finally, he was recognized for what he was called to do. And when his brothers came to him, all they could think of is that Joseph was trying to set him up, but that is not what Joseph did. Joseph said this was all because, come on somebody, God was taking him through his process to bring the end results to help everybody. Joseph realized it wasn't about him. It was about everybody that was about to experience the famine in the land. And they needed to experience God. This is not about you. Yes, you're going through some stuff. Yes, you're going to have to trust him. But if you will trust him, he'll take Egypt out of you. He'll keep you on course, and he will cause you to fulfill the call that he's placed upon your life. And I will assure you, you will not be disappointed. Amen. Linda, would you come? We want to worship for a few minutes and give God an opportunity to move. If you really are struggling in your trust, if you're really having a hard time with where you're at on getting through what you're dealing with, we want to pray with you. We want, to, we want to speak this word as a prophetic push into your life. We want to release what it takes together in agreement that God is able. Amen? Would you stand with us tonight? Maybe things aren't working right. Maybe your relationships aren't right. Maybe jobs haven't come yet. Maybe your children aren't where they're supposed to be. Maybe you're believing God for more and you just don't know how to trust Him to get there. See, we all have a story and we all need Him. 